listening to On the Road with Mike and Yogi, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. G'day, welcome to show 128. A little bit of a surprise for you all. Andy's back in for a visit. He came across James Johnson, who uh, took home a couple of golden guitars from the Tamworth uh, effort there recently. Bit of an interview with him and his latest track, Got It Good. We're going to play that one for you. Yogi's going to join me to have a bit of a chat about the National Road Freighters Association conference from last weekend. We've got news, we've got something to talk about, we've got some guys we've found on social media. Let's get this show on the road. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the On the Road program. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting phone call just as I was about to post the podcast. So I've tacked this in at the start. I know it doesn't fit very well. I apologize for that, but this is important. And I think that people need to know about it. I think that the truckies of this country need to know this is how sometimes things get done. Have a listen and, uh, well, up to you what you do, I suppose. Well, it seems we've got an interesting way of doing business over at the NTC. There's been a heavy vehicle charges consultation report which was published in late December calling for public and industry consultation on raising the roads component of the heavy vehicle registration charges and the road user charge by 6%. That's question one from the years 2023 to 24 to 2025 to 26. And they want to know what the views are on the alternative scenario of increasing the road user component of heavy vehicle registration charges and the road user charge by 10% per annum for each year, 23, 24, 25, 26. So they want to have consultation on whether you're going to get a charge raised by 6% or 10%. Now, this was put out just before Christmas. The consultation period finishes on the 20th that's monday as far as i can see on the website there's not been one submission not one i am aware now that the national road freighters association are onto this and plan to make a very quick submission but is this really how we roll in this country is this what we do we don't want something to get any comment on it we put it out late just before christmas and then don't say anything about it it's really not good enough to me it's sort of a breach of you know playing with a straight bat don't ask the question if you don't want to know the answer. The only reason why the question's out there is because the NTC is committed to consultation with the industry and the public. This is how it happens. Everyone's got their head down their ass up and they're doing work and it's relied upon that you won't see what happens until it's too late. And then they'll say, oh, but you were consulted. It's out there. We gave you plenty of time to answer a question. You had several weeks. You could have consulted. You could have put a submission in at any time. And you didn't, so we didn't think you cared about it. Well, the reason why there aren't very many submissions on this is because people didn't bloody know about it. And that's not right. Let's get this show on the road! Yes! Get on with it! Have you ever heard the expression, to assume makes an ass out of you and me? 
couple of years ago now, I subcontracted to a refrigerated freight company in Melbourne. The company no longer exists, but not for this reason. Anyway, this particular day, one of the other contractors came in, saw his trailer where it was normally parked, and as per general procedures, went over and hit the fridge motor. Set at minus 22. No worries, got to get that thing chilled down so when he goes off to the cold storage, it's ready to load. Anyway, he walks into the office, sits down, has a cup of coffee, reads a couple of magazines, goes and sees the dispatch officer. He goes, oh mate, she's preloaded for you, ready to go. Here you go, here's the paperwork. He looked at the paperwork, yeah, it's going to some warehouse in Sydney, no dramas. Goes back outside, gets himself together, hooks up the trailer, and off we go. No problem. So we're in Melbourne, and Sydney is about 900 kilometres away. That's plenty of time for things to go wrong. He gets to where he's going. No problem at all. On-time delivery, turns up. Hmm, this doesn't look right. It's just a standard warehouse. Let's have a look at the paperwork. Uh, this is not looking good. Oh no, we've got 22 pallets of computers, monitors, and hard drives which has been sitting for the last 10 hours at minus 22 degrees Celsius. I think Windows is frozen. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. G'day, it's Andy here once again putting another great Aussie music artist in the spotlight. In the guest chair this week, on-the-road favourite, James Johnston is back. After his blockbuster performances at the 2023 Tamworth Country Music Festival, where he played his headline show to a capacity crowd, a show that was not only the largest ticketed concert at the festival, but also sold out in record time. He was nominated in a record six different categories and went on to snaffle up two of the prestigious Golden Guitar Awards one for New Talent of the Year and the second for Vocal Collaboration of the Year for Same Songs, a duet he recorded with Kaylee Bell. Last week, he was also announced as a nominee for Best New Artist in the 2023 Shaw Rolling Stone Australia Awards. In celebration of all that, James has just released a brilliant new single titled Got It Good, which we'll play for you shortly. In the meantime, it's been a little while since we last spoke with him, so we took the opportunity of having a chat with him to talk about his golden guitars, his brand new single, and more. Here he is, the hottest name in Australian music right now, Mr. James Johnston. James, it's about time we caught up again. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's good to be back on, mate. 
There's been a lot going on for you in recent times, a bit of an understatement, not the least being your tremendous performances at the Tamworth Australian Country Music Festival and your two Golden Guitar Awards. Firstly, your headline show was sold out in record time and I'm told was the hottest must-see show at the festival. That must have been such a buzz for you. Oh, it was unreal. I think it was one thing to be able to have that show, but to kind of walk into Tamworth knowing that I was getting to put that show on was pretty special and then actually getting to be there and you know, I've played festivals all across the country, but it's the first time ever selling tickets, you know, to one of my own shows. Mm. There was just a different energy in the room, you know, when everyone's coming there and they know every word of the song and I just got to meet so many people. I think I ended up staying there till about 2.30 that night, just shaking hands and saying day to everyone and it was unreal. I can imagine. And not one, but two Golden Guitar Awards came your way. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. For those who might have been sleeping under a rock somewhere, what were the two awards you won? I took out the collaboration with my good friend Kaylee Bell. Kaylee, yep. And I also took out the new artist of the year, which was a pretty big honour. You know, I know that there's been a lot of people that have come before me, a lot of my kind of heroes that have come before me that have taken out that award. So that was pretty special. Yeah. And mate, you were nominated no less than six different categories. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Beyond your own amazing achievements, what were the highlights of this year's Tamworth Festival for you personally? Oh, there was a few moments, you know, I used to go to Tamworth every year as a kid yeah. from the age of about six till 16. We didn't miss a year. Every year I'd travel over with my family and we'd spend a week there and I'd go busking on the street. So I think a lot of seeing the younger generation taking up, you know, and playing some of my songs on the street, busking on the street, was walking along and, you know, heard the same songs and raised like that. Oh, how cool. That was pretty special. Mm. It's a bit of a full circle moment. You know, I saw myself and a lot of these young kids. There was one kid that I actually pulled up on stage and he was, I think he was eight or eight or nine. Anyway, Jackson Renshaw. And it just took me straight back. You know, he had the black hat on, he had the boots. And yeah. It was just like, that was me as a kid. You know, I'd be out there singing Lee Kernigan songs and Garth Brooks songs. And somebody actually sent me a video of him singing one of my songs, same songs. And, you know, I said, hey, mate, do you want to come along and, and sing it at the concert? And it was, it was just such a full circle moment. Yeah. It was nice to be, I guess, on the other side of that because... When I was a kid, I actually had Lee Kernigan came up to me and he sang with me when I was about the same age, about eight years old. Wow. And it was still to this day one of the best memories of my life. You know, it was as a kid, it was just, you know, this guy was my idol and I got to sing with him. Sure. I guess it was just this special moment. Yeah, I guess the, the shoe was on the other foot a little bit and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there's a name to watch for the future, folks. That's it. Jackson Renshaw. Now, just wanted to throw in a bit of information I just discovered. It blew me away. In your career so far, you've logged up more than 32 million streams for the six songs you've released online to date. That is insane. <laughs> it's a couple, isn't it? What I always put into perspective, it's crazy when I look at it. There's a figure on Spotify which is called Monthly Listeners, right? And I think there's about half a million monthly listeners. Yeah. And sometimes I think, God, that's a lot of people, isn't it? Like, if everyone showed up to my gig, that'd be one hell of a gig. Wouldn't it? What? We could fill Suncorp Stadium, you know, kind of 10 <laughs> times over or something. A few times, yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely wonderful. I was actually watching a YouTube of you earlier of some live performances you did from home. I, I'm gathering that was back in the COVID lockdown days. Yeah. The quality of sound in that was very nearly as good as what's coming out of the studio. You can tell the difference with the singer when you take them away from the studio and all the effects and everything else and even the live rigs, put them in front of a microphone at home and if they still sound great, they're something special and you certainly are. I appreciate that. Like for, for me, you know, I grew up cutting my teeth in pub gigs for years, you know. There's a thousand pub gigs before I ever stepped out and put out one of my own songs. And I think that teaches you a lot. At the end of the day, 
it's pretty ruthless out there at some of those pubs, you know. Oh, yeah. If you're not sounding good or you're not singing the right songs or you're not performing, you know, they'll quickly tell you. Still got the scars to prove it, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I feel pretty lucky that I kind of went through that a little bit, you know. I didn't just kind of step into this world out of nowhere, you know. I kind of spent 10 years just grinding out there doing pub gigs. Yep. And I think that kind of teaches you a lot, you know. And also, I guess it teaches you, you know, if you can't sing out there, they'll quickly knock you down. Put you in your place. That's it. Now, you've got to be one of the most prolific writers out there, mate. And you've just released a new single, Got It Good. Tell us all about the song. Yeah, Got It Good is, for me, a lot's changed in my life in the last few years, as well as the music side of things changing in my career. You know, I've got married in 2021 and I had a new baby boy in the end of 20, yeah, in 2021. All the dates getting a bit mixed up now, but yeah, Christmas Day 2021. <laughs> yep. So there was, you know, a lot's changed in my personal life as well. So I guess this song is all about just appreciating the simple things. Yeah. It's just about appreciating the fact that you know, if you've got a job that pays the bills and you've got a roof over your head and you've got some people around you that love you, then you've got it good. Yeah. And that's what the whole song's about. It's just about appreciating that. You know, it's not necessarily about all of the glitz and the glam sort of thing. It's just sometimes about the simple things that, that actually really matter. Counting your blessings. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Mate, I expect you'd still be riding high on the buzz from Tamworth and you couldn't be blamed for that. But knowing you, you won't be sitting back and resting on your laurels. <laughs> what have you got in store for the rest of this year? I've actually been back in the studio writing a lot, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working towards an album, but I'm also taking my time with it. I've always been a big believer in the idea of sometimes you've got to write 30 songs to get one song. Yeah. And uh, even this week, I've, I've actually kind of set myself a bit of a mission that last week I wrote a bunch of songs and this week I'm just going to share them on TikTok and I'm just going to put them out there and see what people think and if any of them kind of stick really. Yep. The thing for me is that I just kind of write my truth, tell my stories and I guess I'm always just looking for that song that connects and other people can see themselves in. Yeah. And touring? Yeah, doing a little bit of touring. I've got some shows coming up, not a huge amount this year. I'm kind of doing more just kind of some select shows around the country. Mm. But the next big one, I'm playing Meatstock April 14th. Meatstock, I love that. So that's going to be a huge one. And actually, that's my kind of my first headline show. And we've got some big things planned for that. Now, Meatstock, where's that at? That's that's in Toowoomba. Toowoomba, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great name. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a hell of an event, actually. It's definitely, if you like some good barbecue and some good music, it's the, it's the one to be at. What else is there in life after that? <laughs> exactly right. It's been a great pleasure, folks, for me to catch up once again with the hottest property in Australian country music, James Johnston. James, you've always been so generous with your time. Thanks for dropping by to come and play on the road with us again. No worries at all. Thanks for having me back on. Mate, to close out our chat today, would you do us the honour of introducing your new single for us, please? Absolutely. This is James Johnston. This is my brand new single, Got A Good. <laughs> Let's go. Got old house little fixer up, a pair of boots that were hand me downs, ball tires and a little rust. She still gets me in the town. The grass might be greener and they might be ripe, but bet the beer's just as cold on both sides. And if you're asking me, I'm a lucky one. Cause I got a good life, I'm doing alright. A lot of love waiting for me back home. I got a job. Can't seem to reel them in. There's a new joint on the main road. 
still ordering the same thing Cause everyone's looking for shined up and new But I'm gonna stick to my roots Cause I got a good life, I'm doing alright A lot of love waiting for me back home I got a job that's paying the house off Couple of kids to keep me on my toes folks. My name is Tim Beaver from Tim Beaver's 4x4 Reviews on Facebook. I've been asked to do a segment for this show. Don't take it too seriously. My intent is to make you think. Think about what's really going on and think about what's important to you. The first topic I'm going to cover is electric cars and why the decision to adopt them hasn't been made by the public. It's been made by Western policymakers, geopolitical think tanks and other forces. But I'm not sure it's going to work out as anyone intends. Now, I apologise to those of you who don't like numbers, so I will keep this brief, but I've been looking into this and it doesn't stack up. Charging an electric vehicle is a pain. You can do it at home on incredibly slow home charging, or you can use a supercharger. Home charging is only really feasible if you stay at home and don't drive much, which for most Aussie blokes isn't going to cut it. And as our adoption of solar and renewables increases, plugging into peak power at night isn't going to make a lot of sense. They're going to want to capture the energy and pump it into our cards at a supercharger. The home power grid was never really designed for electric cars. It was designed for kettles, lights and televisions. Charging an electric car is like charging an industrial air conditioner at night. It's quite energy intensive. So my theory is, eventually as the adoption rate increases, they're going to ban home charging, which means we're going to get pushed onto the supercharger network. Now there's been a lot of talk about SEC Mark II in Victoria, and I'll posit a theory as to why. Governments around the world have worked out that energy is in fact the derivative of the economy, or it is the economy. Raise the cost of energy and you raise the tax take. They've also realised that with vertically integrated solar, batteries and charger infrastructure, this technology is a new revenue stream that isn't linked to the world oil price. It's Elon Musk's business model for Tesla with full vertical integration 
only the government could own the infrastructure. Now, two of the top supercharger providers have just announced a tariff increase from $0.60 a kilowatt hour to $0.69 a kilowatt hour. This closely follows the federal budget papers forecasting a lift of 20% this financial year and 30% next financial year on the price of electricity. If that turns out to be accurate, the supercharger costs will rise from $0.60 to $0.92 in less than two years. Now, the average electric car uses 15 to 20 kilowatts per 100 kilometres. At $0.92, that's $13.80 to $18.40 per 100 kilometres. A hybrid RAV4 uses 4.7 litres per 100 kilometres. So $2 per litre, that's $9.40. The RAV4 is cheaper than an electric car already. But if you rock a, you know, a common diesel ute at around 10 litres per 100, that's $20, which is only marginally higher. So that's all good and well. But I'm going to add to this. At the moment, the infrastructure is not there. To scale the infrastructure, we're going to need a lot more expenditure. It's fine if you own a Tesla and you're willing to support, you know, you know willing to live just in metropolitan areas only and you can control the whole supply chain. But what happens once you start to build out right across the country where the population density is less? The infrastructure to support that low density adoption is going to make charging even more expensive. And as more people switch over, the demand for oil will fall. Oil is linked to a international price based on use. If we stop using it, the price is likely to go down. And this brings me to my final point. What if we as a population call their bluff? The policy wonks cannot stop us from buying petrol or diesel. It's an essential fuel. If they tax it too much, it's inflationary. If they price it too high, it's inflationary. It's too expensive to lift the price as there's already 20 million cars on the road. Now, it's a fact that the car companies make more money on spare parts than selling cars. It's actually why it's incredibly difficult to build new car companies in our economy. But what if we as a people pushed back on the concept of adoption and we stopped looking at cars as depreciable assets that we need to turn over every five to 10 years? And we saw them as machines that we look to maintain, kind of like a truck. So instead of throwing that old four-wheel drive away, what if we actively invested to rebuild them? Start at one end and work to the other. Old petrol and diesel vehicles are incredibly simple. If you pick a popular one, every component on them is for sale in the aftermarket. Ask yourself why we don't just fix them. We could put some new seats in, we could repair the air conditioner, we could overhaul the engine and transmission, we can even put new fancy Apple CarPlay head units in. We don't do it because we think of the car as an asset with a depreciated price. You think if you plough money into it, you won't be able to get the value out of it when you sell it. But if you come at it from the mindset of usage, the equation shifts radically. What if you overhaul a car for, say, $20,000 and it operates reliably for another 20 years? 
How does that compare with buying a new car? Particularly if the cost of the car didn't cost anything to start with. I guarantee you this is a cheaper way to live. And you can drive a more capable, and I'd argue a cooler car, for that time period. So there you have it, folks. What we need to do is we need to dump the commercial mindset. We need to start thinking about building machines rather than thinking of a car as a depreciating asset. The fuel will be there. You'll have a lot of fun doing the work. You'll have a lot of fun driving these vehicles. The policymakers will carry on, but as it all rolls out and the economics invariably fall apart, you're going to be the resilient one. You're going to be the one separate from it all. Have a good day, folks, and think about what I just said. I'm Tim Beaver. I exercise every day, and you should too. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road podcasts every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. we got to get it done. Where are you, buddy? Uh, Kalong, I'll never say this properly, but Kalongaluk. 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 Heading heading from Sydney to Bris Vegas. So you're feeling comfortable being on the eastern states, are you, Yogi? Oh, yeah. I feel like I've got the right amount of weight on mm. and not the right amount of lights. I've got five ton and, and not enough lights, but I'm feeling good on the coast. You're on the coast. You're not on Sesame Street, obviously, because you're at Kalongaluk. So you did come up yeah. Sesame Street, though, didn't you? Correct. I've done. I've done all the big roads. I'm a big trucker now. I've yeah. done them all. So, you feel yeah. you feel comfortable? Did you did you come up with the overnighters, or did you just sort of go to bed when you had to turn your lights on? Yeah, fair, fair to say, I come up with the early overnighters. Right. So, you know, we had a red hot go till about nine o'clock. Yep. And then I look. I, I felt comfortable that they could take it from here. Right. So I went to bed. Okay. Yeah. And then you did say before when we were talking that you ended up at Eastern Creek and you actually got a parking spot at Eastern Creek. That's yeah, great. Yeah, so I used to end up at Eastern Creek because I was running up on my 12-hour book because right. I only run a 12-hour book. Right. So I had to go to Windsor and I was sort of running out of time and I thought, I'll oh, just chance Eastern Creek. And I got the little laneway. If anyone knows Eastern Creek VP, yeah. I got the little laneway. I backed her into the little laneway and poked her nose out a little bit and had a nicely Unbelievable. Absolutely lovely. So no one came and changed the tyre with a rattle gun or anything right beside you? That was... uh, well, someone came with an ice pack and rattled right beside me, but uh, that's all right. It is what it is. It's, it's right. that time of the year. It ice is. pack is the, is the song of our people at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> last, yeah, that's the one. Last Saturday... You and I were Last at the National Saturday. Road Freighters Association conference in uh, in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, and uh, you uh, you were uh, comparing, I suppose, comparing. We were emceeing, we were comparing the uh, the first the opening event, the uh, rollover demonstration, which was brought to us by Ryan's and TBI Royans. Royans, yep, Royans. Brought to us by Royans, TBI, our mate Brownie, and. Uh, NTI and the Curl Boys, they uh, they stood a truck up and rolled it over and stood it up, and and you were there for that while I was trying to crash my drone into the light pole. 
while while you correction for the records, Your Honour, while you did crash your drone into the pole, <laughs> you, but you oh, because we were there because yeah, you're right. I I was fortunate enough to get hold of the microphone, of which I didn't back away from. Yep. And because uh, you had the MC duties for the National Road Freighters Conference, so yep. I I got uh, got a chance to MC the rollover. So I had the microphone and I was interviewing Jimmy and the boys and the I had to loosen them up a little bit with a couple of couple of little gags now you're right you're only on the road radio should be fine and then you're talking to all the hundreds of people that were there watching anyway we loosened them up and then i hear this thing like blades have hit a (laughs) a sign and i looked around and i thought you know is there a someone's just shot down a balloon but it wasn't it was you and your drone just got a little bit of a nick on the prop into the one of the lights but anyway you saved it like a good drone pilot that you are it was it was a it was a magnificent (laughs) correction mate it was a magnificent correction oh it it, it brought everybody's attention to the fact that we're being watched from the sky (laughs) there you go so jimmy cool and the boys stood this thing on its wheels so that was an excellent demonstration. And, and Mark, Mark Brown, TBI, thank you very much. Hats off to Mark. Good company, good Wagga-based company. Excellent bloke and a good mate and a, a good mate of the show and mate of the National Road Freighters. Yep. So we're standing there with Jimmy. Now, I, I as an MC, I sort of G'd the crowd up a little bit. Right, out, ladies and gentlemen, well, here we go. We're going to roll this truck over and then we're going to stand it back up. Now, the boys at Cool's Towing are, you know, pardon the pun, Pretty damn cool. Right. So so to get the truck to roll over, which is actually a little bit of a battle. Yeah. <laughs> we were sort of standing there and I'm going, Jimmy, you're good. He's going, we, don't, we never really roll these over, Yogi. And I went, that actually makes very good sense. Like yep. they're, they're trained so well mm. and so particular about how they do their operation they don't particularly know how to roll a truck over so they had to loosen the cable and drop this and pull that anyway she went over and it was all good and then and then like at like i was saying at the time when i was when i was emceeing it the the concentration between the three cools blokes that were there the level that they had for each other the understanding of lift pull drag ride a bit on that put a bit of tension on that but it's really it's excellent to see because because when you when you're in cools you're probably at your most vulnerable you probably need a toe you're probably bogged you probably roll one over yep. the the people involved were all extremely professional and a really really good opportunity to have a bit of one on one time with somebody that you might see at two o'clock in the morning when you you know when yeah someone coming out to help you yeah was an excellent initiative by Mark Brown and TBI Insurance. Um, and it was a, it was a really well done day by Ryan's and uh, and everyone else involved. Of course, they did join us at the uh, festivities in the evening, and the uh, cool boys were more than happy to tell me that they'd knocked you off, mate. Yeah, yeah. So breaking news: Cool's number one on the on the truck on Tuesday at eight thirty on seven mates, and they were very <laughs> vocal about the fact that they they have pipped me. You know, so so we'll let them bask in their glory for the time. I'll point out that I have been on the TV for about eight or so years. They've done about 19 or 20 episodes, but then, boys, stick at it. You'll get there, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They, they will make it in the end, <laughs> won't they? <laughs> stick with me. We'll go places, eh? So, yeah. Yeah, good Good to see you. Truck and Tuesday, good to see you. So the conference itself, mate, we uh, – Went inside and there were all the presentation. We're not going to talk about all the presentations one after the other. What was your overall impression of the day, mate? Ed, do you reckon it was a good day? It was excellent. It was excellent, and we and it 
it, it's a great lineup that a grassroots organisation like the National Road Freighters can pull politicians, current politicians, former politicians, both sides of the coin. You don't yep. have to have a political, you know, uh, preference with uh, with who it is. We had the with the Minister for Transport New South Wales and the Shadow Minister for Transport New South Wales, of which both shook hands, stood yep. there, and both had a cup of tea together. Yep. So it's fantastic to see that everybody that can get in the room can yep. actually get a common goal of trucking and, and the idea of bettering our industry. Well, there were some few big announcements about paying to fix some of the roads and a bit of other stuff. Well, obviously, we're not going to go into all that sort of thing now, but we are going yep. to have these guys on the on the show down the track. They're both committed to it, so that's fine. Let's Perfect. basically leave that there. Let's get on with the news, mate. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Righto, news time. Do, 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 news time. Yep, I'm not very good at the do, 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 do. <laughs> No, that's beep, 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 Yeah, see, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. But we've got nothing here that's really breaking news today, mate. Sorry. We have, actually. Have we? You, yes, we have. Now, breaking news. Right, hang on. Breaking Let me do the sound news. effect. Let me do the sound effect. Beep, 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 breaking news. There you go. Into it. <laughs> Do you, Mike Williams, mm. want to tell the good listeners what you received on Saturday night oh. at the National Road Freighters Association? Because I believe you're a very, very worthy winner. Mm. Do you do you wanna do you wanna give a little bit of breaking news of what you won on the weekend? It's not breaking Mike? news anymore, mate. It's about a week old. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna bring it up in the news. That was my goal. The Noel Porter Memorial Award mm. taken out for 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the microphone, Mr. Mike Williams. Well done. Round of applause. Breaking news. Good Thanks, job. Thank you. No worries, Thank mate. You. No worries. Thank you. By the way, we all knew about it for months on end and no one said boo. So no, that's, that's right. It was a complete surprise to me. <laughs> I was uh, I was uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm, you- I'm surprised you could keep it a secret for that long. The amount of people that would have needed to keep that secret that I've had regular communication with that didn't drop the mm-hmm. ball amazes me. I'll know next mm-hmm. time. It's an important, mm-hmm. an important lesson for me. I, I know you can all keep a secret for me at least. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit, of, a little bit of good news. Good news is a good news story, yeah, that, no, and a very good news story. And I was uh, deeply honoured yeah. to receive the award, and uh, there are some pretty, pretty interesting names on the perpetual trophy, and uh, I hope to achieve. Any half of what any one of them have achieved in the industry would be enough for me. Well, you've achieved, but because Senator Stirl was the previous winner, yeah. Mm. So he's done a lot for the industry, and you've done a lot for the industry. So it's fantastic, mate. Right, uh, can we move on to the right. real? Can we move on to the real news now? Is that all right? <laughs> no, no, I just had to slide that in. John, yeah. off you go. Right, uh, what have we got? Well, the first first of all, we, we, we do have to sort of have some sort of a uh, the joke section at the start of the news. So you've thrown me oh. off. You've thrown me off. Um, I'm not going to expect you to get a dad joke because you've, you've already proved that you're unable to do that. Failed. 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 Yeah. Dismally failed. Failed week after week for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I uh, I did go to my doctor and he said that I've grown as a person. 
So right. uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, to be honest, he actually said to me, I put on a bit of weight. But. <laughs> 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 Uh, 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 I get it, grown as a person. I get it. I get it. Yeah, grown as a person. That's right, grown as a person. That's it. Don't don't explain the joke, Yogi, for God's sake. Right, eh? First bit of news. First bit of news I'm going to read out a little bit for you, mate. South Australia, they've decided now that uh, if uh, if you get done for drug driving in South Australia, you're going to lose your licence. You know, take it away on the spot. They've had a pretty shocking record over there for the start of the year this year. 18 deaths already this year compared to four at this time last year in 2022. The new laws have come in about the drugs to immediately strip uh, drivers of their license if they're done for drug driving. That starts on Monday. Mate, what do you reckon? A little bit surprised it hasn't been a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah to, to, to be completely honest with you, I don't know as to what I thought about that. Yeah, I don't know if there's a level of what Level of drugs, I suppose it's like drink driving. If there's a level of drugs, no, 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 she's a strict liability thing, mate. You're either positive or you're not, yeah, right. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, I'm sort of surprised that it's not really a thing. Currently, the offending driver can retain their license until they're suspended by the magistrate, and that that can be a variable thing. But uh, the importance, well, they're calling it an important step towards preventing people who choose to use drugs from driving on the roads. 20 people last year lost their lives in South Australia. With, yeah. with with accidents with people with drugs in their system, 20. Five and a half thousand people were caught drug driving in South Australia last year. Well, what do you classify as maybe drugs in your system as well? There's well, they're talking about THC, they're talking about methamphetamine, they're talking about opiates. Yeah. So, yep. you know, a bit of goey, get a bit of goey in you. Yeah, yeah, a bit of goey and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, well, there you go. So if they, if they run a level of what's classified as drugs in your system, well, you know, I guess don't do drugs, kids, and don't drive. Yeah, well, don't say no to drugs. I think it's the rule, isn't it? No, um, say no to drugs. Say don't, no. Don't say no. Yeah, say no to drugs. Don't don't say no to don't drugs. Say, or no we to drugs. Well, say no to drugs. And well, don't, don't drive. Don't drive under the influence. Speaking of people that are driving and getting into trouble, moving on to the next news story. Yeah, moving on to the next news story. Well, you probably wouldn't even be driving to get into trouble, but there's been a lady fine for a car bonnet sticking out of her own driveway out slightly on the footpath. Now, been a bit of a, a bit of a contentious issue around the Elwood Shire in Melbourne, whether you think that lady should or should not have been fined. But look, we, we draw these parallels to truck parking in streets and truck parking, you know, overnight at road houses and on the street and in industrial areas. And yeah, geez. Will or will it, won't it happen to us? Yeah, will well, their fines be issued for overnight parking? Will this be a thing or won't be a thing? Well, parking your car in the leafy suburbs of Elwood and having your bonnet poking out six inches onto the footpath doesn't strike me as being too much of an issue, does it? No, no, no. I think it's very much an overkill, but, you know, with the news, you hear a bit of it and maybe you don't hear it all. Maybe yeah. that person's been warned numerous times. And maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But well, look, parking is becoming a, a big issue across everywhere in all points. And yeah, well, I don't know what we need to do about that, but it's becoming a bit of a problem. I was talking to a guy I know in the States and he was saying that there are places over there now where you can't even park your truck on your own property over there. No way. Yeah, no, no, you're parking your really? property. They'll come and knock you off. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. Okay. You know, okay. Someone they they have these they have these little local rules in their little towns. Please don't follow the states. We like the states on a few issues, yeah. like big bunks and all that, and and, pl- and plenty of living quarters. But please don't follow the states on this one. Yeah, well, when it comes to all these parking <laughs> rules and everything, mate, you can test the IQ of some of these people making the rules, and I reckon the <laughs> result will come back negative. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna to have to use the truck horn there now. I've got to find Annie's truck horn. And just <laughs> oh dear. you said it. I can't believe I said that. I've got a better control than that. But anyway, right, right, right. Well, I'll bring you into a bit of a good news story. But you know that WA holds half of the lithium global market. I didn't know that. That's really, really interesting. It's just a bit of a good news story to hear out of the West, you know. Right. I've been trying to bring a bit of Western news to you yeah. Eastern Staters, I've to noticed over that. East. I've noticed that. Oh, have you? Yeah, we've okay. got a bit of a Western flavour happening now. Well, I mean, you know, you are over East and there yeah. is a whole other part of Australia, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so where's yeah, all this lithium come from? Probably out of the ground, I would imagine. Oh, Really? So, yeah, I know. <laughs> Breaking news. So, green bushes, green bushes, is the town. there's a lot coming out of the green bushes down around that southern uh, forest area that the Donnybrook man, uh, Nanup, Boyup, Manjimup um, sort of area. The yeah. Warren Blackwood area is actually what the region is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's the WA's largest lithium supplier in the world, according to 52% of the global supply in 2023. Unbelievable. Yeah, so there you go. So, we're all pushing towards. Uh, Everything, all batteries and and the likes, and the West Australian economy would be loving that sort of push, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Hey, um, let's move on to the next story. Driver Fatigue Week, mate. February the 21st to the 27th, National Driver Fatigue Week. Have a power nap. We met Andrea Hamilton Vaughan while we were at the conference. Yeah, we've we seen her at Toowoomba and stuff like that. She attends yeah. all of our National Road Freighters Conference. Yeah. Big advocate and a big supporter in this space yeah. of power nap and the like. So yeah. good uh, good for the industry, bringing a voice out about. It's, uh, well, it's not just for truckies, mate. It's for everybody, isn't it? They focus on National Driver Fatigue Week to educate oh. all road users yep. that a power nap a is a nap. viable intervention strategy, to quote Andrea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Orange and Combine mm-hmm. Council have launched the Power Nap can- campaign last year. One of those things that have been funded by the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. Good on you to the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. Yeah, Sal was there. We had a bit of chat with Sal. We had a great chat with Sal. We had a great chat. And then Tipping's, uh, Tipping's are supporting it. They've got one of the big new logo things on the back of one of their trailers. Is a, you know, it's, a, it's, it's good to see that some of the local transport. If you've got a transport company and you've got a tort liner, and or a van or whatever, and you can put a big, you know, thing on the back. I'm pretty sure that Andrea can get one put there for you for nothing. Just a little bit of downtime while it gets cleaned up and put on there. That's all. Yep, perfect. Great message down the road. Mobile yep. billboard. Do your bit. Yep, spot on. Great thing to push as well. Don't drive tired. Don't drive tired. Yep, don't drive tired. Not there is not. My old man taught me that many, 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 many moons ago. Boy, yep. nobody's worth dying for. No, don't drive right. tired. One thing that might, well, it won't interest you because you'll be heading back west before you know what's going on. Oh. But there's going to be some delays for truckies using the M1. 
from uh, Monday the 20th of February. There's going to be some change traffic conditions up there around uh, between the Hunter and John Renshaw Drive where blokes uh, having to sort of take a little bit of a detour. You want to go to go to the RMS website and, uh, yeah, and have a look website. at that. You'll see it there. All right, that's pretty much it, mate. That's news for this week. Got a, have you got a thought for the day? No? Thought for the day? Yeah. The perfect poached egg, four minutes, eight degrees, oh, and there's three parts to an egg. Right there's on. your perfect thought for the day. Cooking with the egg, you'll have to find a little See, thing. It's a thought for the day. If you want your perfect poached egg. A perfect four poached minutes, egg. Four minutes. Right, four minutes. 80 degrees. How do you going to know it's 80 degrees, though? You get a roll and boil. Boil. Boil, right. boil. And right. most people have got a thermometer. Mike, come on. We've got some intelligent people out there. And you've got, you know, that thing you check your dip temperatures with? Put that in the water. <laughs> That'll make sure it's a, Put the infrared into the water. 80 degrees, 80 degrees. So no, boil no. the kettle, put it in the pot, yep. drop a saucepan in the pot, yep. drain your egg, yep. put your egg in. Perfect poached egg. There's my thoughts for the day because I'm hungry. Mm. Sounds good. <laughs> Might go and make some eggs on toast now, buddy. Yeah, I wouldn't mind eggs on toast. You Maybe. can't because you're on the road. And <laughs> yeah, get the cooker out and do it on the side of the road next to the roadhouse. There are <laughs> there are people that do, mate. You can't blame them. Yeah, I know. I know. You just I don't know. Sometimes you just want something different. I was having a bit of a chat to Andy the other day, and he, he's been talking yeah. to all the old music producers because he used to do the music segment on the show, right? Or he was doing. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah, he's got yeah. he's got a few uh, he's got a few music interviews to do. He's got James Johnson, which we heard earlier. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> good. Good. And uh, good. you know, maybe he thought we, we, he might need us to he might need him to contribute a little bit. What do you reckon? So, so, so what you're saying is he's gone and had a couple of weeks off. That's right. Yeah. He's enjoyed himself. That's right. And he feels the need. To get back into the soundproof booth, is that what he's saying? Oh, Does pretty... he feel the need to come back? It's like truck drivers, isn't it? It's 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 like truck drivers. You know, I remember I had a two week stint down the coast there not too long ago, and uh, towards the end of the two weeks, I was running into town to get uh, just get some milk and come back, and I'll, I'll forgot the bread. I'll I'll go back into town and get it. I'll go for what are you on for dinner? We'll go into town. Because where we stay in the caravan park is about a 10 minute drive into town. So yeah. I felt like at the end of the second week, I was just driving into town, going by the industrial area and just checking out trucks as you were. But that's what yeah. truck drivers do. Two weeks. So Andy's the same. Two weeks out of the soundproof booth on his motorbike and he wants to get back in. He's, he? back so, in he's back into it. He's, he's, in oh, a, he's interviewing oh, people well, again. Well, we'll take all the interviews and we'll take everything and all points in between. Uh, so, yeah, no dramas uh, at no. all. Mate. Well, we always said he was going to go off and he was going to do some other stuff and, and that's fine. But I didn't think we'd get him back in the booth that quite that quick. <laughs> go and do some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he kidding? You know he's going to get back in the booth. He loves it. We love him, Andy. Oh, yeah. He loves him in the booth. Righto. Oh, dear, Andy. All right, righto, Cobart. Will you take care? Drive safely, and uh, and uh, we may catch you on the uh, catch you on the flip side, good buddy. You might catch me on the road somewhere, Mike. Now, maybe next week the uh, the listeners might have a little bit of a guess as to whereabouts I'll be on the road next week. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Drive, drive safely, catch up.
G'day, my name's Rod Hennefy, the current president of the National Road Freighters Association. And if you're a driver that wants things changed, who's going to do that for you? Uh, no one else can. You've got to take part. Consider joining the NRFA and helping us achieve those things. Join up and make a difference. Safe travelling. Managed to catch up with Heather Jones. Sorry about the background noise here. She was driving the big pink Mac at the time. I've been talking to everyone about the Rest Area Steering Committee. You put your hand up. Would you like to tell us why and what you hope to achieve? Yeah, well, um, in 2000, uh, when I started doing predominantly line, line haul work, the lack of facilities for truck drivers really hit me hard and having numerous conversations with truck drivers over the next 20 years. From 2000, we decided that we'd try and get some more rest areas, uh, toilets and bins in for uh, truck drivers. So if you Google me and what I've been doing from the year 2000, which is now 23 years, we've been trying in Western Australia to get better facilities for truck drivers. We've got a few bits and pieces that were um, that were attended to, but I think joining the committee with a with a national support and uh, all the other people that are on the committee will get a lot more traction than just one or two people working on the project by themselves. Well, that's pretty much it. That covers it pretty well. I uh, wish you the, all the best with it and wish I was there doing it with you, but I, you know, I'll just get to talk about it now, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mark. I've taken um, lots of photos over the last 20 years and most of the, the rest areas that were designed in, especially the, the wheat belt towns and the and the regional areas were designed in the 60s. Yeah. So you could fit maybe one car in there, and now we're, you know, 35 and a half metres up to 40 metres long. So even those rest areas that they do have, nowhere near adequate for even a semi to pull into and have a rest. All right. Well, you drive safely, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the track. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. G'day. This is James Johnston, and you're listening to On The Road Radio and Podcast. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Friday and Saturday, the 10th and the 11th of February, saw the National Road Freighters Association hold their annual general meeting and conference at the RSL in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. On Friday, the annual general meeting returned Rod Hanafy to the position of president. Glenn Castanelli was voted in as national vice president. Craig Forsyth retained his position as national treasurer. Trevor Warner was the former national vice president, has been moved to the secretarial position. And board members Mark Brown, Mark Reynolds, Dar McDonald, Adam Craig, 
Chris Rowe, Glenn Yogi Kendall, Marcus Cosgrove were returned and new board members Julie Downey, Louise Smith and Kieran Woods were elected. On the Saturday, the uh, conference got underway at 8.30 with a meet and greet and then a magnificent truck rollover and recovery demonstration uh, brought to us all by Royans, NTI and Cools Wagga Truck Towing. What a magnificent display that was. Rod then welcomed everyone to the conference. Senator Carol Brown was unable to attend, but she did supply a video message for the audience to hear, which was well received. The Honourable Sam Faraway, MLC, Minister for Regional Transport and Roads in New South Wales, attended and gave a short speech. The Honourable John Graham, MLC, Shadow Minister for Roads, presented his vision for the future. Michael McCormack, the Nationals member for Riverina, attended and spoke to the audience as well. Jenny Aitchison, Shadow Minister for Regional Transport and Roads, also attended the conference later in the day. Nola Bransgrove, Deputy Chair of the NTC, spoke on the topic of One Country, One Rule, How Hard Can It Be?, detailing the ongoing work being conducted by the NTC. Senator Glenn Stirl spoke to the gathering, talking about the inquiry that he chaired, Rest Area Steering Committee that's been named. There was a brief discussion and explanation about how that's proceeding at the moment, what the vision is for down the track there. Sal Petrosito spoke briefly on the latest developments from the NHVR and efforts to bring the states into line with the one rule that, that Nola Bransgrove was talking about. The panel discussion on Saturday was quite interesting. Sal Patricito, CEO of the NHVR, Senator Glenn Stirl, John Graham, MLC, Nick McIntosh from the TWU, Andy DeVal representing the ATA, of course Rod Hanafi uh, representing the RFA, Aaron Di Rosario is Executive Leader of Regulatory Reform at the NTC, and of course Nola Bransgrove, Deputy Chair of the NTC, fielding questions from the audience. All this has been recorded and uh, questions and answers and should be available in the very near future. Our good friend Steve at Whiteline TV did film everything and for those of you who are interested, we will provide links later on to where all this content can be uh, listened to or viewed. Dr Kim Hassel, Chair of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport Australia, presented uh, an update on the National Owner-Driver Hazard Survey, which was conducted with the help of the National Road Freighters Association, talking about all the things that they've discovered. Uh, Paul Fennec, uh, General Manager of VDAC, made a presentation on uh, PBS and data collection of PBS vehicles. Greg Casey, uh, a former New South Wales Highway Patrol officer, who is uh, now involved in research on policing and you know, public matters, gave a very, very interesting talk about his time as a police officer and a robust discussion and questions followed. Then it was time for happy hour and we were all pretty happy to get the happy hour. Had a few drinks and a conversation. And then the dinner, which was once again well attended. Grant Lewis was the guest speaker for the evening presenting his remembrances of rig radio and nude boot skirting, which raised a few eyebrows and created a few laughs. It was a very, very 
uh, informative evening. This was followed by the presentation of the Noel Porter Award, the Terry Bradley Award, and NRFA Life Membership was awarded to Tony Hopkins. Diane Carroll OAM received the Terry Bradley Award for her magnificent ongoing work in and out of the transport industry over many years. And I myself was honoured with the Noel Porter Award for the contribution that I've made to road transport such as it is. I was uh, very, very surprised and deeply honoured to receive the award. I'd like to thank the NRFA for the conference. It was a, a, a fantastic experience. All the sponsors for all their work and support. So in no order of preference, I'd like to thank Inland Trucks for their donations for the auction, Neil Finlay Tyres for his donation for the auction, Chris Rowe, of course, for his donation for the auction, and uh, Next Journey Bags, Simon, for his donation of some bags for the auction and his creation for On The Road Radio of our bag, number one, which was auctioned as well. Other major sponsors include NTI, Royans, and Cools Wagga Truck Towing, who put on the rollover demonstration at the start of the day. And, of course, NTI for sponsoring the Happy Hour, which was a very important part of the conference, let me say. Hubfleet, TBI, HBP Finance, VDAC, and, of course, all the team members who helped put the thing together and run it. I'd like to thank Colette Forsyth for her work as well. It was an awesome conference, and I look forward to next year. Copy there, Andy. Gotcha, go. Better throw out those anchors, buddy. The traffic's at a standstill up here. I reckon some clown's got himself stuck under the Dunlop Terrace Railway Bridge again. Again? Maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesel. Yeah, no, it's no joke, really. According to Queensland Rail, there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the Queensland Rail network in the last financial year. With the fines around 11 and a half grand, you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck. The fines are one thing. More to the point, these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of bridge strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland, right? Yeah, good looking too, just like us. <laughs> this safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters. Know your trucking height. Hi there. I'm um, in the mood for reminiscing today. When I started driving in the, uh, the mid-1960s and right through to the mid-1970s and even later on, I used to love to get hold of a copy of uh, Overdrive magazine, which was published by the late Mike Parkhurst in the United States. I liked it for two reasons. There were some great stories about American operators and their trucks and also about the uh, the Teamsters and the uh, some of the... Uh, politics that was going on in America at the time. There was blockades in America long before our famous razor back in 1979. But anyway, uh, another thing I liked about uh, Overdrive magazine was the very back cover where they had an ad for the latest model Peterbilt and there'd be a very attractive young lady standing there in a ball gown or a suit or a lovely dress or a 
skirt and top, and down the bottom the motto was Peterbilt. Class is never outdated. What a true saying. Class is never outdated, and we see living proof of that in Australia with the uh, the bicentennial superliners from Mac, the uh, 950s, 900s and SARs from Kenworth and the interest they've created and how each uh, celebration of that model has been an even bigger event. So going back to class being never outdated, that seems to be the basis of a lot of things I believe in about the industry and why I'm so proud to have been part of it for so many years. There seems to be a need for more class involved in the negotiations or the debate about rates and the RSRT and any other way you want to look at it. Well, surprise, surprise, Overdrive these days is not a print magazine available in Australia, but uh, myself and a few others receive an email edition of it every week or every month, depending on your preference in Australia here. Today I uh, was researching an article about... uh, a 2005 W900 over there because I've got a real interest in uh, trucks that have been retired and become collector's items just as my silver superliner did when I retired in 2019 and associated with that article I found out that Overdrive magazine have a uh, a manual available for people who want to become owner operators. I've had a bit of a look at it I don't know how to share it with everyone I'll have to uh, talk to uh, our good mate Mike Williams about that and maybe he'll need to talk to Overdrive in the States about whether we can do something about sharing it or uh, creating an Australian edition. But it all boils down to the fact that I believe, uh, as I have all along, that if we can create education about the realities of being in business as opposed to just driving a truck, about the importance of being earnest and professional and about understanding the difficulties of business, uh, we would all be better off and we would all know when to say no to jobs and when to say yes to jobs or how to set rates for jobs that were offered. Uh, That seems to be a much better idea than putting Dracula in charge of the blood bank and a better idea than um, worrying about who's going to gain control of the industry, whether it's the big companies, the union or the two put together and uh, it would help maintain independence and dignity for us all. Go online, download the uh, Overdrive uh, daily or weekly emails, and um, you'll track it through there. It's well worth a read, and it would not be difficult to uh, amend it into an Australian version. This is Bob McMillan. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. So, in addition to our chat earlier with Aussie music legend James Johnston, here's a little bit of the live show that James put to air from his home every Tuesday night during the COVID lockdown. With listeners tuning in from all around the country and indeed from all around the world, here's James Johnston with a little bit of everything. We're going to keep it pretty casual tonight. It's called a little bit of everything. It's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything, everything you do. Go on. When you came walking in, you were shining like a nade and carried diamond ring. Every eye was stuck on you, strutting up and down in your high heel boots. Maybe it's the way you were walking. Maybe it's the way that you move. Maybe it's the way you were smiling. But there's just something about you. Come on. It's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything about you that pulls me in. Well, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything. 
Rushing up on my, we got the dance floor spinning and we're losing the night. Kick drum kicking, ain't going slow. I got your body in my body and we're getting low. Yeah, baby, it's the way you were flirting. Baby, it's the way that you're talking. Baby, it's the way you were kissing on me. But I don't ever want it to stop. Oh, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything about you that pulls me in. It's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything. Everything you do. All right, how you doing, Josh? Chris? Freddie from Ipswich. How you doing, buddy? Oh, yeah. Cindy, all the way from Tassie. Well, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything. Oh, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything. Oh, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything about you that pulls me in. Well, it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Everything you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Yeah.